streaming across the Windsor, Ascot, Ascot Maidenhead, Maidenhead, Bracknell, Bracknell Wokingham, Wokingham, Henley, Henley Reading. Reading. Okay, Ta-da! The voice, River Radio, of the Thames Valley. Welcome everyone to this show, Let's Do Lunch with me, Jenny Tishi. I'm your host and today we are going to be joined by Hara, who is the founder of Tadeli, which is an online ethical deli that brings you the best goods all in one place, allowing you to buy directly from food and drink makers who put their heart and soul into what they do. They choose the most trusted brands and strive to create a helpful, forward-thinking community of makers, suppliers, chefs and home cooks through their platform. Good morning, Hara. How are you today? Good morning, Jenny. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, we're really, really excited to hear your story. So let's start with that. What was your inspiration for starting today? Oh, my God. Um, Well, we grew up next to a farm. Mm -hmm. Uh, My grandparents had their own garden. My parents continued the tradition. We almost had everything coming from from the source, from the farm to our table. And I remember my, even my mom today, when I go back, she has baskets full of vegetables like aubergines, tomatoes. Freshly packers, Like f- fresh mm. ingredients and the taste. I mean, it's yeah. fantastic. So when, when I came to London and stayed for almost 10 years into the tech world and in the city at some point I was like why does everything taste there there must be better food than the one in the supermarkets and we've started going uh to trade shows Mm -hmm. and meeting uh food producers and we started going actually around the UK and and doing tours in farms and meeting farmers firsthand um and it was fascinating like the smiles the energy the people uh so we decided to start to put it all together on a place where you can find it and actually uh, buy direct from the source, buy direct from the farm and, and, and read the story behind every product, really. Yeah, do you know, it's really easy, isn't it? I think when you're living in a big city, you get just so used to having what is ultimately kind of mass-produced, substandard produce, because that's what is the norm. Uh-huh. So if, if you go out and sort of seek it and find it, you realise that there are some really passionate producers out there, but they oh don't always make it to you. So tell me a little bit about your kind of research. That sounds like a, a great job to do. So you would sort of take time out or weekends and go and tour and have a little look at different places all over the British Isles? Oh my god, yes. We went like to uh, Lake District um, over there Uh, and one of of our favourite chefs is actually up there as well, Michael Wignall. He's like a Michelin star chef. He helped us a lot when we started. Um, We uh, Now we're kind of wandering around Workshire and kind of experiencing the nature there and Mm. the farms there. But we also did the whole of Europe, I have to say. Wow. Okay, why stop? Why stop at the coastline? (laughs) move beyond (laughs) we went to france and italy as well so um but but, you know we we do focus on local first we do have ambitions of growing into other markets slowly and doing the same local first Mm -hmm. kind of online deli experience yeah Uh, but at the moment 
yeah, absolutely. Scotland as well. Oh my God, like the the things you can find there, it's uh, so exciting. It's a treasure trove, isn't it? The Scottish it is. Isles as well. Yes. The mm. uh, the islands are, are gorgeous in terms of food production. Now, you obviously grew up. You said eating mostly things that came straight from mm. farm to table. But tell me a little bit about your childhood, where you grew up, because I there's a slight accent there. Your English is absolutely <laughs> fantastic. I can I can sense there's a slight accent there, and a little bit about your food memories of growing up. Oh my God, yes. So I'm totally Greek. Uh I grew up in uh, uh, the second city after Athens, which is called Thessaloniki in Greece. But Mm -hmm. actually my my grandparents had had a house in the countryside. So that's where we used to go as children and kind of pass the summer. We almost stayed there like for two months every Mm -hmm. year or something. Um, And I remember just like my grandpa cultivating, having always tomatoes, the best tomatoes ever, and strawberries. Oh my God, those strawberries. Um, and just, you know, vine leaves, even mm. being able to, um, my grandma used to make those stuffed vine leaves I recipes, which are, oh, delicious. Mm. And, and, um, just, you know, the, uh, the free, like no thinking kind of childhood of n- having no boundaries, yeah, being free, freedom. having your friends around, having lovely food. That's mm. all, that's all that I carry through, hopefully to what we're um, doing today and what, what who I am. <laughs> and also the sort of eating, it sounds like you were sort of eating together. Is that something that you, you mm. sort of enjoyed as a child? Yeah, absolutely. Like the the big tables, sharing small dishes because the yeah. Greek the Greek culture and cuisine is all about that. Like almost like the Spanish tapas, mm. having small dishes. Also, my my dad started fishing, which yeah. was which as a result, um, we had a freezer full of fish like for the whole year. Brilliant. Which meant like you know calamari was always on the table and things like that. At the moment, you know, and it, and it's good, you know we hear so many things about the ethical aspects of fishing but mm-hmm. sometimes we forget it's actually mass production of everything that causes the problem not you know the small individuals who may do something for a hobby and yeah exactly or those that are self, self-sufficient mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. rarely is someone who's self-sufficient going to be causing a problem it's the people that are doing it like you say on mass um so what are your sort of um favorite dishes from your childhood what is it you remember that mm. you know as soon as you taste it you're back in that <laughs> two month period with your grandparents i think one of those were was was really really silly like that breakfast french toast not mm. with not with the classic toast bread though like the the proper crunchy yeah, <laughs> loaf, yeah, yeah. loaf bread. Decent um, bread. <laughs> yeah, from, from my grandma uh, with a bit of uh, sugar and cinnamon on the mm-hmm. top. That was always delicious. The stuffed vine leaves I already mentioned. Yeah. But also that Greek lemony fish soup. Mm-hmm. That's something that I, I really, really still love. And I, you know, whenever I, I need a comfort food that's what you go yeah, for yeah absolutely mm, so they, yeah, lemon fish soup for the soul oh my god <laughs> so today has become a one-stop destination where people compare products prices provenance and taste mm-hmm. what have been some of the most popular products on mm-hmm. the platform so far yeah, we we absolutely love the herbs, mm. um, and I think something that is on there quite popular, um, and it's quite popular, is the saffron. 
yeah, it's oh, actually from yeah. uh, Cheshire. There are two brothers who are cultivating it, and they're having their own farm. Um, one of them used to be a scientist, which I don't remember what at the moment. But um, the their saffron is absolutely fantastic, and it's all hand picked as well. Wow. Um, it's absolutely lovely uh, honey as well. Mm. Like how amazing is it to know where your honey is coming from to mm. to actually be able to see the farm read the story of the beekeeper but actually with with the farmer we have on board you can actually ask him directly from our app via via chat you can give him your barcode number and he will actually tell you like this specific honey you're eating uh where the bees have um have been like in which parts of his of his uh, of the countryside what flowers um the the honey comes from and so on it's really important that, isn't it? Mm. I know just off air before the show, we were talking about terroir, you know, this idea or concept. I know it's a French word, but it applies all over that you can taste wherever the landscape of wherever it's been, the product has been produced, you know, whether it's honey and, you know, where the bees have mm-hmm. been or whether it's, you know, animal based products and yeah. where they've been allowed to graze Dairy, on. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, on sort of clover and bark and, and grass. I mean, <laughs> what are some of the, you know, the producers that you've come across where you feel like, I mean, with that, right, you, you can contact the producer of the honey and you can find out where the bees have been. I'm sure you'd be able to taste some of the things that I know oh, yeah. people talk a lot about notes with wine, but I'm sure you could turn that into, you know, you can taste this in the honey. Are there other products that you've come across that real kind of like representation of terroir or the local region, the region in which they're produced uh-huh, um, uh-huh. through your work? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's um, like the uh, the Scottish have such a tradition and they have exquisite in- ingredients like mm. butter mm. Um, and, and, and whales as well. So we have actually produced producers that are hand churning butter from from Wales. It's a couple. Their butter has been actually the selected butter in the wedding of Kate. Oh wow. Williams? Gosh, the fact that it went down to the decisions over which producer they use for the butter, mm. that goes to show how many details are involved in that event, that one event alone. But what an accolade to be selected, mm-hmm, hand mm-hmm. churn butter. Yeah, I love that. So you're sourcing from all over the UK and mm-hmm. and beyond, you say, as well? Uh, we, we focus on the UK at the moment just because of, um, you know, when someone comes to our website, they... they uh, they order in one basket, so mm-hmm. they pick up everything they want from multiple producers, yeah. uh, and they check out once. Wow. Um, and the products come from from the producers themselves directly. Um, and and we want to keep that local, mm-hmm. um, well, local as it can be, like UK first. Yeah, I guess it's I'm a small expecting. island, relatively speaking. <laughs> it is a small island, but also there are so many fantastic like small producers that mm. you can choose from. Um, why I, I guess my question is always when, when you're in a country you should cherish and enjoy mm. what that country makes first because it fits the weather it fits the culture it fits everything right why why when you're in France you can enjoy France where you're in Italy you can enjoy Italy and, and yeah and so true so we're it is so true. That. And yet we don't we don't follow that, do we? I think we get so far removed. Mm. Um, next week I have a, a, a guy called the Regency Cook coming on the show and he oh. specialises in 1830s cookery. 
And we're going to talk a lot about ingredients because they're just the things that you couldn't get back then. You know, Mm. I think you probably could get some things that are imported, but it's just thinking now about, well, hold on, we can almost go full circle here and go back to where we were, which Mm -hmm. is to stop expecting avocados all year round or at at all, you know, you could argue, or strawberries all Mm -hmm. year round, you Mm -hmm. know, because we do have these expectations that these things should be there. We could, I mean, some of the products that you have in your your site, do you have preserved products? Because that was quite an old-fashioned way of ensuring people had things that were out of season so yeah yeah. absolutely like um we have a a farm a mushroom farm from peak district um, as an area they're a lovely couple featured on bbc as well um and they they dry they dry oyster mushrooms i can guarantee you like you put them uh you put them in a bowl Mm -hmm. uh with hot boil water leave them for 10 minutes and they're like new and they're just exquisite like why don't we do that more often you know Uh, the same goes with uh, jams and chutneys and and all all of those uh, preserves i think it's they're just the way the way humans have evolved and the way we've we've preserved food for for so long yeah jam-packed full of flavor Mm -hmm. um so provenance is obviously really important to you can you explain why it's so important in Mm -hmm. this day and age of mass-produced food Mm -hmm. absolutely um well provenance can help us avoid food crisis and Mm -hmm. we've seen that again and again happening in 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 the world of mass production and, and supermarkets so we're championing provenance as a way of saying hey here is here is who makes your product where where it make where it is made and and uh, and how so yeah. we show all of that and then you know as consumers we have the choice we can go and and decide who we want to support and who we want to buy from um and it can all happen in a pretty speedy uh way so we don't have to waste tons of time but at the same time we don't just rely on a label. We know a lot more about how the product uh, was made. Um, so that's one aspect of, of, of it. And then for the suppliers themselves, it almost puts a slight bit of pressure because mm. if you have to expose, yeah. you know, how something is made, then mm. you make more conscious decisions. Um, and I think that's becoming more and more you know, relevant now mm. in, the, in the times we live in. And uh, every single... Um, manufacturer every single food farmer is is kind of trying to make a difference in that way as well and help with the environmental crisis and yeah and And it's actually wonderful to be to have a world in which food production is more transparent again going through that kind of intervening period between perhaps the 1800s and where we are today Today. there has been this sort of almost like pulling the wool over people's eyes trying to you know fabricate I guess stories around you know if you think about some of the marketing labeling about farm fresh Uh and actually you know some of the, it might not be exactly yeah. it might mm-hmm. not be or, or your interpretation of that is very different from what's actually going on in terms of the manufacturing process mm-hmm. it's wonderful that people can actually explain the whole process and also <laughs> i love the fact that like you're talking about the hand churning butter makers from mm-hmm. wales mm-hmm. you know the process is part of their usp is part it of is. what makes them them so mm-hmm. what a wonderful opportunity where now people are going well, not you know they're crazy using that one there's all this mecha- you know <laughs> mechanical <laughs> intervention but actually they're, they're wonderful for doing that because i'm sure that process means that that butter tastes well good enough for royalty it is, it <laughs> that's is where fantastic. it is <laughs> and i love the way that you champion small food producers who absolutely love what they do i mean you're talking mm. about 
a couple or a couple of brothers or, you know, mm-hmm. these are small family businesses, family yeah. businesses mm-hmm. which again goes back to, to what people used to do. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the, some of the most memorable interactions you've had with small <laughs> food producers? Yeah, I was, I was actually talking to you about it before we <laughs> yeah. go on air. Didn't I? Um, yeah, I remember like every, uh, I speak to every single supplier on the mm-hmm. platform. So we have that casual chat where, where we meet and we make sure they, we know who they are and what they do and we very them almost but um but I remember this one time um I used to chat to to a woman uh, kind of founder that uh she's she's producing this fantastic drink which mm. is like a non-alcoholic good for your gut ah um, like a sort of kombucha drink. or uh kind of it's 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 a little bit unique because it's made from 35 fruits and it tastes a little bit like balsamic vinegar Ooh, so you can put it on top of you know your oats or just mix it with soda water and it becomes mm-hmm. a wonderful like aperitif um the name is Jinjin. so i was mm-hmm. i was speaking to sean and like three minutes in the conversation that i realized it was a friend we used to casually hang out with what are the chances like, yeah for five six years ago and it was like wow <laughs> i never expected that and we both said how did you end up doing doing yeah. food and you see you see like in the food world people coming from different cultures like I've met chemists, mm. biologists, fashion models, people coming from different backgrounds, and that's the beauty of it. That's what's what makes food so diverse and, yeah. and a beautiful sector to work. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? I don't <laughs> think there's a blueprint is there for people going into the food industry and mm. people, you know, if everyone's got to eat. But I know there are some people that kind of eat to live and some people that live to eat. Mm. There's some people that are so passionate about food that they can't help themselves. They maybe <laughs> even have a side hustle producing something and then obviously they take over, the business mm. takes over. But I mean, you do have quite a unique, almost like bird's eye view of mm. the industry. Yep. Is there anything that you sort of see in common amongst all of those producers? What, what is it that makes somebody go, yes, I'm going to produce <laughs> honey? <laughs> for my business what is it What's I, I think we all get to a point nowadays where um we we want to change our lives mm. we want to get away from the city we want to be closer to nature and i we we've observed a lot of of producers you know having that story either they come back to the uk because they want to they were living in in another country um or they they kind of carry a tradition mm. or, and uh, and it kind of pass the the knowledge generation to generation um but ultimately i think the common food is enthusiasm and yeah. what we say curiosity for life and mm-hmm. for um for exploring what nature can give you and what other other ways of alternative ways of living so yeah, yeah passion for life mm. all of them have that smile you know that yeah, reaches yeah. their ears they <laughs> light up with a beaming <laughs> smile when you see them because they're so passionate about what they do mm-hmm. i also love the fact that you know and you are a great example of this you are not born and bred here mm-hmm. and yet you see the beauty and the value in the food that is being produced here and i think you know i mean i i grew up in an era when people were very disparaging of British food. I mean, they didn't mm. even seem to be a British food culture. Yep. So to find myself now in my late 40s mm-hmm. thinking, gosh, haven't things moved on? You know, aren't we now in a position where we genuinely mm-hmm. want and celebrate? If you go into, you know, high street delicatessens, if you go and look online or to Delhi, yep. you will see some of the 
best of British uh-huh. and it just wasn't celebrated and it wasn't Agreed. something that we we valued as much and uh-huh. I think you know these things do go in cycles don't they um yeah. uh, 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 you know fashion I suppose and trends yeah I mean what do you think in terms of trends what do you think are the biggest trends in mm. the market right the now market. yeah well there is you know there is always kind of the the idea of alternatives nowadays yes and yeah. kind of switching from um like we have this new product actually on the platform which is called salmon with a z uh-huh. uh, so it's uh it's a it's a salmon alternative and mm-hmm. it's entirely vegan and it's uh it tastes um deliciously it's not the same as salmon, mm-hmm. but it's, it's good to know you have an option instead of, you know, eating um, fish the whole time, which yeah. we all know the ramifications of, of salmon, yeah. the salmon industry. And um, so, you know, it's it's good. It's a good balancing act, mm-hmm. um, being able to choose something more vegan at times instead of going back to what we have been used in eating i guess can i ask how it how it is made do you know what the primary ingredient is um i don't remember by heart i have to be honest but they're all vegetables i remember that yeah um but um yeah on today's if you check salmon there is the tab where all the ingredients are laid out (laughs) and there's a great video um on Mm. your instagram where someone's using it with um like a cream cheese alternative yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got it. Okay. Um, and, and what else do you think is, um, you know, trending at the moment in that market? So you've got your alternatives, you've got your plant-based. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you see from your amazing bird's eye view? I guess um, people do want to kind of discover um, artisan mm-hmm. and they want to uh, taste products that, um, you know, have an, an, a good flavor and they, they have depth in flavor. Yeah. But a lot of the times, you know, we make it difficult for them to find mm. or when they do find it, it's just another cheese that is more expensive on the shelf, you know. Yeah. Um, so hopefully what we are trying to do is celebrate the stories as well behind, behind the producers because um, – I don't know if everyone knows that and if it's common knowledge, but 95% of the small businesses that will be created today, they will fail Mm. in two to three years. Mm. And I think it's almost part of our job to try and support them in that initial journey, even before they become as popular as going on the shelf of a supermarket, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Ensure that the likelihood of failure is as low as possible. possible, Yeah, Yeah, that would make sense. Brilliant. Right. Well, let's take a brief pause here. And then when we come back, we'll talk about some of the challenges um, that the food producers and the food industry generally is facing. Yeah. Ascot, Maidenhead, Maidenhead, Bracknell, Bracknell Wokingham, Wokingham, Henley, Henley Reading. Reading. Okay. Ta-da! The voice River Radio of the Thames Valley. Welcome back to this show, Let's Do Lunch. This is a show all about food and nutrition. I'm Jenny Tisha, your host. I'm an author and nutritionist. And today I'm joined by Hara, who is the founder of Todeli. It's an online ethical deli, and it brings the best goods all in one place onto one platform. And they're from all over the UK. So we've been learning a little bit about some of the producers, some of their backgrounds, some of their stories. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling hungry. That's the show. It's called Let's Do Lunch. <laughs> but I'd love to know, um, Harry, you obviously have a great view over this market. What do you think some of the biggest challenges are that face food producers today? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess um, what we were just talking about, um, being a small business is not necessarily supported. So mm. uh, when you go out there and try to sell, your only avenue is a distributor or a wholesaler. Um, mm. And it's very hard to get in. So yeah. you, if you're a single woman or a couple, a family, like you, you actually struggle with that. And if you're not good in marketing, then you struggle with that too. So that's yeah. hopefully... Uh, where we are trying to to add a little bit of value and almost remove the intermediate from from the food supply chain. So at what stage in a business's development would they find you or you find them? Mm -hmm, I mean, do you mm -hmm. go out actively seeking people that have just got a fantastic idea? Um, Yeah, how does that work? It it works both ways, actually. Mm. We either find, we we see someone out there that we find it's, um, you know, the product is delicious or we might actually try a product and then go and find the supplier um and uh, we have a conversation with them and and they usually love what we do and, and they come on board or people find us and there might be businesses that haven't you know they're not yet on the stage mm. of being on 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 to delhi but that doesn't mean we won't support them so we sure. do pay a lot of attention uh we try to offer advice when it comes to packaging when it comes to you know branding and kind of uh, showcasing the product and how even they can get into the market step by step and sure um, you've seen like some of the more successful or, or more established let's say brands mm-hmm. um you can use them as a sort of showcase Case for study. some of the brands that are sort of coming up through mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how do you deal with um when you've got more than one of a particular mm-hmm. product how do you deal with that and how do you make the decision on which sits on your platform and which mm-hmm. doesn't well, uh, hopefully, you know, the um, the comparison is a good thing because mm. um, the, the platform is open. We don't want it to be oversaturated. So yeah. we are carefully selecting and trying to make sure that every single supplier covers like five principles we follow when it comes to ethical um, sourcing. Um, right. But uh, we, we, we don't say no <laughs> yes to, to similar products because we people, as people, we want that variety but yeah. you know we don't want that syndrome of paralysis when we have a lot of choice and we don't know what to do anymore so we're doing a lot of work to make it easier to compare i mean obviously i have um, a, a little finger on the pulse as far as the food industry is concerned not least doing this but also just an absolute foodie mm-hmm. i can see there are certain areas where there's great popularity there's multiple brands in the same area but do you think there's anything that's missing from the market is there any obvious chasm any obvious gap in terms of products in mm. The sort of delicatessen or food market. There are so many things that are not native necessarily. Yeah. Like uh, if um, and and I guess uh, pastificio carlecci actually is a good example. Mm-hmm. It's uh, an artisanal pasta with an Italian recipe made with ancient grains that are British. Oh, wow. um, and we had them as a guest in in one of our lives the other week. And um, uh, the founder was saying that they went back and forth. They sent their pasta back and forced to, to kind of traditional pasta makers in Italy to tell them whether the pasta was good and they did that like so many times till they got the okay so you know a lot of the times that knowledge and the culture um, evolves yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and, and, and I think I still think there are a lot of opportunities like that mm. in, um, it's strong isn't it that we mm. had a, a lady from Agosti Gelato here last week making you know great gelato but making it here locally literally just around yeah the the milk comes from the farm that way and 
She's just over the bridge, you know, Um, and it's wonderful, wonderful gelato. But exactly that Mm. you get judged in Italy, you would be judged on your pistachio and your fior de latte. And so, you know, (laughs) she had to make sure that those two were up to standard. But that's the point, isn't it? If you're using different ingredients, but you're still trying to make it so that those that judge in a different country with different ingredients are saying, yes, give you the nod. That's that's high standard indeed. And I love the fact that they're using in particular in that pasta, a case of the pasta producer, they're using locally grown grains grains yeah. so there's organic um oh, ancient grains so when when i tried it i felt so much lighter like it wasn't yeah. even it wasn't pasta it was it was like having rice or mm. something it was so much lighter yeah, yeah. it's uh, darn wheat isn't it that they mm-hmm. use for yeah. Uh, yeah for that so what well, i mean you know obviously the businesses themselves face challenges um but what about your own business mm-hmm. you know what challenges did you face <laughs> not least because of the pandemic um but just generally what what have you faced since its creation it was 2017 wasn't it that you established yeah. it yeah. yeah yeah oh my god we <laughs> sounds like a life story <laughs> it's uh, a whole show in this one <laughs> we um yeah as i've mentioned before we started with uh, chefs and restaurants mm. um as our clientele and it was such a fantastic learning curve and journey yeah where we met some of the best in the industry we ate with them uh, they were on our clients they were shopping from us or the chefs would come to us and say we need x and y ingredient can mm. you guys find it and help us save some time mm. um and we did that for quite a while we we almost understood that chefs operate a lot of the times like uh, us mm. uh, simple humans <laughs> um because they they lack time so if they find some readily available they will they will actually buy it and uh, and with that in mind the pandemic coming uh, we decided to open to home cooks nutritionists people who still love like who are extra passionate about food yeah they would cook you know for their family but also they might do pop-up events a lot yeah. of the times they might be partial almost part-time chefs <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah people that would just yeah. want great produce <clears throat> but they need to come to one place to find mm-hmm. it yep. so that must have been an interesting time for you is it gradual that you move from b to b to b to c oh my god yeah yeah so so here we are pandemic comes along march 2020 uh-huh. and you're still doing b2b like when yeah. did you make the critical decision, decision to move to b2c yeah we did that like i think it was november 2021 wow okay so it was, mm. it was quite a transitional period yeah. and then when you did make that decision it must have changed the way in which you dealt with people not least the suppliers so how you know were you able to attract new suppliers did you have to get rid of any we had to kind of make everyone aware that you know they they have to change their pricing and mm. their how how they um they publish products on Tudeli. so that was a bit of a transition there um and we are actually um uh schedule we hopefully will go live with a new brand and a new website and a new mobile app uh in a couple of weeks time making you know everything easier easier mm. to find easier to compare as we were uh, discussing before but always you know keeping the the provenance and the ethical aspects really apparent so that people can make conscious decisions yeah and that you mentioned that about the price comparison how does that element work is it something that's sort of visible via the new app and mm-hmm. via the website i've not looked at that i have to say yeah no it's uh, it's going to be a, like a new feature coming coming on board uh, but um you're able to uh, price wise you're able to just adjust 
what, what's, what's your spend? How much do you want to spend? And we will show you relevant, relevant products. So that's great. So if you, yeah. you know, if you are somebody that's running a pop-up restaurant or running mm. a business who wants to use great produce, you're mm-hmm. going to have your eye on the budget. You're going to be thinking about what you can and what you can't spend. Yep. Well, that's great. That means that'd be something that's within somebody's price range. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And, and for every single one of us at home, equally the same. Mm. Like we even, Myself, you know, I want to spend and try something new every day, uh, but on the same time, I don't, I don't want to go over my budget. So yeah. I'm always conscious. I'm a conscious consumer as well, um, and I think that's something also we're working on: how to deliver new tastes yeah. Um, yeah. and allow people to discover something new without going over too much. Mm. Um, and we will explore, you know, the idea of having a box like a mystery box where you can, it can, you can get it to your house and kind of have all those goodies. <laughs> yeah, which is great actually mm. because that also potentially could serve the purpose of using everything you know there's a great emphasis isn't there today Mm. on not wasting any food and I know you know there's some people that are fantastic at using up every I would like to think that's that's me I I think I'm the queen of being able to make something from nothing Mm. Uh, certainly my family think that's what I'm good at but (laughs) I'm not sure in a big wide world although I would but it would be great wouldn't it to be able to provide these boxes on the Mm. basis that these are the things that maybe even have a short use, but not that this is what you're going to do, but I think this would be my idea, Uh, you know, a short use by date so that you could just use up everything and there's no food waste. Is that something that you're considering or is that? Oh my God. Um, Because most of the products we have on board is uh, there are, there are from suppliers that have a shelf life that is longer. Um, Hopefully the waste there is at a minimum level um but that said what we what we are doing is we're helping them to uh to showcase uh, and sell those products faster (laughs) so like our suppliers most of the times don't have enough stock oh wow okay it's a good problem to have isn't it yeah (laughs) yeah not um it's the opposite problem rather than waste yeah Uh, but we do uh, like um we've worked with um uh, some wholesalers in mm-hmm. the past um, and uh, during the pandemic I, I don't know how aware people are about that but um, because of a lot of restaurants closing down mm. um, a lot of B2B wholesalers and people who were distributing ingredients and products they had a lot of waste Yeah, um, and we worked with a couple of them and food banks to make sure we kind of read distribute a few products um and kind of and and we want to continue that collaboration like working with local food banks and see how we our suppliers can also contribute to those as well yeah do you know that's absolutely brilliant to hear i ended up doing some work with the food banks as well creating Mm. recipes so that they could produce like um you know these kind of recipe cards and the Mm. ingredients you need to make a a meal which was really really good fun actually i really enjoyed it and it helped people but wouldn't it be wonderful if more producers could support food banks which have an increasing um number of people to support themselves Mm. in turn um so i you know this is brilliant (laughs) we're talking about reducing food waste Mm -hmm. but it kind of falls into the the category of you know kind of how green the company is Mm -hmm. as well We're, we're all trying to do as much as we can with our work with our businesses to reduce the impact on the environment i Mm -hmm. mean already you you are an online business and the the very nature and ethos of what you do Mm -hmm. reduces environmental impact is there anything that you think is specific to to that kind of objective that you do that's different Mm -hmm. from other businesses well 
you know what one filter we introduced actually is a slow deliveries and mm. we're trying to make people aware that when something doesn't arrive in 10 minutes like the trend that exists now in london is not necessarily a bad thing yeah um it's actually a better thing for the environment also like people want everything in one order a lot mm. of the times, but they don't realize that for them to get one order is not actually one trip. Is multiple suppliers sending their products to possibly one or multiple warehouses. Those mm. warehouses repositioning the products to go to another mini warehouse outside of a town. And then there is a third trip to do that last mile kind of delivery as well. Mm. So I think like a lot of us don't really realize that within the supply chain is so fragmented that there mm. are so many trips included for you to get one basket yeah and for you to feel good that you got one delivery yeah but that's like, not i'm doing me. my bit but no you're not because <laughs> behind the scenes yeah but that's not necessarily green um yeah so we we still champion you know uh, we're trying to educate everyone the slow deliveries are not necessarily bad and mm-hmm. you can plan a little bit for it i know we're all busy and we want to make everything come as soon as possible and I'm I'm one of these people as well (laughs) um but equally you know if 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 you can wait one day it's not the end of the world is it um and the other bit I guess is we are working with all of the suppliers um to make sure they follow uh practices that reduce uh carbon emissions that uh kind of they 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 actually all of them or a good percentage of them use um uh compostable packaging brilliant yeah uh and and all of that is is really really important because if you're starting out in business if you're starting out with your own food business undoubtedly the main reason you've done it because you're passionate about the food having then to go away and you know find out for yourself reinventing the wheel you know, mm. to find out all of the things that many businesses already know or that you from your unique perspective can already be able to sort of advise those mm-hmm. businesses on isn't that wonderful to be able to sort of bypass that that step and help people get up to speed you know I ask that question of every business that comes food business that comes on here and you know many are going down similar um, lines of investigation if they haven't already moved to a particular enough and if they haven't moved to you know something like compostable it's because there's a really good reason why they haven't but mm-hmm, most people mm-hmm. are investigating it yep. but it would be wonderful if they could all go to one single hub and find <laughs> out all these things that they need to know um, well let, let's take a brief um, pause here but then when we come back I would love to find out a little bit more about your business and how people can find out about your business uh-huh. what's going on right now what your future plans are etc etc it's very exciting across the thames valley one more time across the thames valley this this is river radio Ooh. well now for some pop music try this Welcome back to this show, Let's Do Lunch, with me, Jenny Tishi. I'm your host, and today we are joined by Hara, who's the founder of Todeli. It's an online ethical deli. It brings you all of the best goods from around the British Isles, but in one single platform. And it really does champion some fantastic local but small producers who are producing the very foods that you have the provenance for, you can have the background story to, and then how wonderful to have the traceability on any particular good that you buy, be it butter, honey, etc., etc. So I've learned so much today. Um, but Harold, I'd love to find out that how you know people can interact with the platform. What can people do if they've been listening to this today and they think? Mm-hmm. I'd like to know more. Where can they go? 
So they can go to our website,、mm-hmm. which I think you gave a very good tip about the name as well.、Uh, yeah, that <laughs> sounds like totally, totally awesome. <laughs> yeah, sounds like so totally. Delhi. It came actually from the mix of two words,、ah. uh, two and the Delhi. Uh-huh. Like, uh huh. But it's spelled with a double L. It's worth saying that.、So、yes. Tizeli dot com.、Um, you can go there, find all the suppliers on all the food farms and the makers, and kind of place your order.、Um, we're also, as I've mentioned, going live with. A new brand, so、mm-hmm. you can also follow us on social, which、okay. we call Tudeli Social,、mm-hmm. um, and and kind of stay up to date with that. And you post regularly there, don't you?、Mm. Which is wonderful. Is the brand changing the name, or is the brand changing the look and feel? We're changing the look and feel and the functionality, just、mm-hmm. as I've mentioned, to make easier for people to browse and make sure we project, you know, all the、uh, provenance and ethical aspects right、mm-hmm. up front. So、um, no one has any questions around that. <laughs> yeah, great. And how many producers do you have at the moment?、Mm, we have two hundred and twenty businesses、wow. in the UK、mm. and a few outside of the UK.、Um, and、um, yeah, the, the The number is growing. If you multiply that with, you know, products that each one makes, that makes a good variety of things to choose from. Yeah, loads of products.、Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's not just food producers, is it? You have other people that you work with. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that?、Uh, we are actually planning to bring on board、um, a few ceramists、mm-hmm. and and kind of wood churners, and,、wow. um, people who actually make their own tableware and cookware.、Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, keep. The same principle, you know. They're they're actually、um, most of them are British or、um, English, and they're they're、um, working on their own. They're making、uh, craft like、yeah. on their own. They're a small business, and、mm-hmm. they're just、uh, lovely, like the creations. So we haven't yet launched it on the website, but it's soon to be there. So those discussions are in place. That <laughs>、uh, sounds wonderful. And so, who would you say are typically,、um, you know, since you've moved from B to B to B to C?、Mm-hmm. Who would be your typical、um, customer now? Yeah,、um, I would say、um, us. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just you, us sitting you and here. I, just us, just everyone.、Uh, hopefully,、uh, yeah, people who are passionate about、uh, good food, good ingredients, who cook at home or cook like semi-professionally、um, as part of their passion or、mm-hmm. a job they want to pursue. That's、um, and who would you say is your ideal supplier? Oh my god!、Uh, ideal supplier, the person who are—that's something actually we do on the app.、Mm-hmm. You know, when you go online, we show you the people don't really recognize it because we don't promote it as much. But we show you what's around you first、uh-huh. instead of.、Um, so、oh, I think, okay. What's local to you?、Mm. Oh, I love that. It is, isn't it? Because it makes that trip to you shorter. Therefore,、mm-hmm. the the whole discussion about carbon emissions and kind of green、yeah. um, approach is there.、Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I think the ideal supplier is different to each one of us <laughs> because yeah, of that. Yeah, because you're not. Yeah, that's a really <clears throat> interesting thing because you're not always aware of what is on your doorstep.、Mm. And we're really lucky. We have a couple of local farmers markets near us. Yeah,、uh, yeah. ones weekly、Fantastic. and ones every other week. So you do get to connect with some of those local producers, but. I don't think if people don't go there, they wouldn't know that these people exist.、Mm-hmm. Going to your platform, they can find out, can't they, yeah, yeah,、uh, exactly. who these people are and, and what they do, and then、mm-hmm. they can buy the products, you know, directly. So, are you still looking for、um, more suppliers? Is that something、oh, yes. you're actively seeking? Yeah, I can think of lots for, of people that would be yeah, interested. Yeah, that's what drives us the stories. <laughs> yeah,、um, we're always looking. We we love to welcome new suppliers on board. Yeah, 
I can think of many people that I've had on this podcast actually oh, that goodness, I think yeah. would be wonderful for, for you as suppliers of great local produce so that's brilliant and then in terms of you know keeping up to speed with what you guys are up to what's the best uh-huh. way for people to interact do you have a newsletter that people can uh-huh. sign up to yeah on the website yeah uh, if yeah. you go on tudeli.com then you can quickly sign up with your email and we send those we don't want to spam people too much mm-hmm. so we send bi-weekly emails uh, with what's new on the platform or if there is a specific you know seasonal kind of theme then we mm. we group products together and we recommend those as well and Brilliant. we share the stories as well yeah i love i love the Almost feed like that a... kind of connection with the feeling the the background and the provenance of the the not just the produce but the maker, why how yeah. where in the country uh, just picturing that i always think it makes thing makes things taste better when you connect with oh it like God. that and then what about your social media handles you're really prominent on instagram mm-hmm. yeah and that's and the same it's um i think they're the same on facebook twitter and mm-hmm. linkedin as well so Brilliant. you can find us as to delhi um or to delhi social um and and that that's us yeah that's you and that's where people <laughs> can connect with you and then You've obviously worked hard to move from the B to B to the B to C. Mm-hmm. You're going through rebranding to make sure that's really clear to people. You've got a new app coming out to mm-hmm. make sure people can interact with you mm-hmm. seamlessly. What other plans do you have for the future? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what don't so, you have? <laughs> uh, we would love to be more physical. Mm-hmm. And and kind of almost pop up in different places. Oh, tell uh, me about this! This sounds exciting. <laughs> so pop ups, yeah, like small ethical delis where you can find in your neighborhood one day, um, mm-hmm. uh, and and kind of introduce what's what's around you. It's almost like the idea of a food market, but mm-hmm. in a pop up fashion. Um, and I guess we want to connect more, as I've mentioned, with um, uh, with other type of products like yeah. cookware and tableware. And the makers behind that mm. it just makes it more complete right if you have the 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 plate but yeah food in yeah yeah the whole look feel taste uh, there's also um, some science isn't there in in what do you are best to serve certain mm. things on or in you mm. know food can taste different according to what fork you use or what oh plate God, you yes. serve it on or what glass you have your wine from so actually there is a real science to this which mm-hmm, i think is mm-hmm. fascinating and then in terms of those pop-ups i mm-hmm. mean you probably can see where you have a greater number of clients all over the UK are there certain regions that love Mm. this concept more than others and where would they be I guess because we were based in London Mm. and we started from there London is the mother the hub yeah the hub of where we started but I think you know the countryside is lacking perhaps more than 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 London London has a lot of options so we would ideally want to pop up in other cities as well like Warwick is Mm. is a good one that we have personal connection to mm. Lemington Spa uh, yeah. that whole kind of Midlands area is lovely but also the seaside as well Burnmouth or yeah. Yeah. why not when, and like when I the say, season is right there's an awareness isn't there people don't always know what is on their doorstep mm. where would you say you get the greatest sort of clusters of producers are there any particular sort of fertile areas in this <laughs> in our great British Isles well Cornwall Kent mm-hmm. Wales Edinburgh um, but then you never no like there are people just outside of london like we have um i think hannah from chickpea who mm-hmm. is on our social today as well um she is an ex-chef that actually uh, kind of gathers vegetables that would other 
otherwise go to waste the wonky veg we love people that use wonky veg and see see see, turns them into hummus with flavors which is amazing what a great amazing and yeah we, yeah, we love it. Simple concept. People love hummus. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you've got the east of England, which is you know very much arable farming. There's the geography. That was my first degree geography me coming out. But you know, you do have a lot of grains and things like I'm thinking you know Hodmadods and, mm-hmm. and Glebe Farm mm-hmm. and places like that. Um, you know, they they obviously exist there. But it, mm-hmm. I, I suppose the point is, you know, you get some great producers, but you really, if you're going to do pop ups, you've got to be where the people that want to buy it are, as opposed <laughs> to the people that actually produce it. Um, brilliant. Look, it's been wonderful talking to you. We're going to move on to our quick fire questions now uh so here we go what would be your last meal on earth your your otherwise known as death row meal what would you have i think i would have something as a backup Mm -hmm. um, and something i haven't (laughs) tried i love that i never had that answer (laughs) i'll just have this then i'll have a backup plan as well uh i would have probably something molecular Mm -hmm. that i haven't tried before okay uh and then strawberries on the side just in case that doesn't go well Um, i love that brilliant um who is your favorite chef uh, I love the women chefs mm. in the industry because it's such an under kind of served industry when it comes yeah. to women. So yeah. it's Claire, a tough profession, isn't it, to go into? Absolutely. Mm. So Claire Smith, Asma Khan, those ladies are absolutely yeah, they're doing some wonderful yeah. things i was uh, enjoying a great british menu recently and there was one particular region that was represented and the, all four contestants were female mm-hmm. i think it, i'm pretty sure that was a first but mm-hmm. i had a bit of a moment i was like wow um <laughs> who was the chef that you mentioned in the lake district that helped you in the early days uh, of today that's uh michael wignell michael um, wignell. he has multiple miscellaneous chefs and a, and a bed and breakfast now which oh. is called um angel at Hutton. Oh, yeah. uh, they repositioned like an old pub and then made it into rooms and kind of lovely ah, restaurants, yes. which is amazing. And also it's worth mentioning uh, Asimakis, actually, which uh-huh. is the youngest Michelin Greek chef. Oh, really? Like 28 or something. He got his how, first star. How do you spell that? Um, Asimakis. Like it's yeah. A-S-I-M-A. Uh-huh. K-I-S. Oh, uh, brilliant. <laughs> really, really easy. Long. <laughs> Sounds like it's Well, the Greeks are in there, difficult yeah. people. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, he's he's actually mixing Greek and French cuisine in, in a restaurant called Pied de Terre in London. So that's mm. a good one too. Okay, that one's going down. I have literally, <laughs> when I went to open my book to come today, I opened up and I found all the notes from my previous people that I've interviewed. And I, I, I should just keep them and have everything, because I do write everything down, but I must keep a log of all these wonderful recommendations. <laughs> uh, so which restaurant or place would you like to eat that you've not eaten yet? I don't know. There are so many, honestly. Like, um, uh, oh my God. Like, honestly, there are so many. My Google Maps <laughs> is full full of little pins, but I haven't been at Clara Smith's uh-huh, Yeah, I would love to go there. Yeah, um, she's she's on my radar. She's yeah. uh, we, Obviously, we have a, a famous local chef here, Tom Carriage. Oh, amazing. Uh, and this oh, week, yeah, he Tom. talked about they have a signature burger, which is a temporary mm. signature burger that they have, but it's been designed by Claire Smith. Oh, wow. So, of course, you know, there I am looking mm. up Claire Smith, feeling like a right fool, but I didn't know <laughs> who she was it. to start with, which is really embarrassing. <laughs> uh, but now she is uh, right there on my radar. So um, so you'd like to you'd like to eat at her restaurant. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A great idea. And then what about... Um, a fantasy dinner party if you were to hold mm. or host one of those who would you invite four people and why <laughs> I don't know why like when when I saw that question I was thinking about it I think I would invite people that from different backgrounds mm-hmm. like uh, Marilyn Streep 
Yes. Um, just because I would always, like, I always want to have a, I imagine having a conversation with her. <laughs> um, I think there is a famous Greek singer, mm-hmm. like, an almost, I think he is, he's gone now. His name is Mikis Theodorakis. Okay. He's like, I'm not really, going to try and spell that. <laughs> really, really famous in around the world, like, but no one really knows him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, he has been through wars and stuff. So I would love to. <sighs> Great stories to tell. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Asma Khan. Mm-hmm. And. Um, Great well, choices. Yeah, I'm not sure. Really diverse. Batman. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> How diverse have oh we got God. there? Yeah, That's I don't wonderful. know. But it's, uh, I would definitely love to have conversations that, you know, they're not necessarily... Um, how can I say this? Fixed. Mm, yeah, you could let the conversation flow and it could mm-hmm. go, and by the looks of those people, it could go pretty much <laughs> anywhere from Random. food to acting to politics to, yeah, lots and lots of different places. Um, no, it's been absolutely wonderful, Hara, having you on the podcast. Hara yeah, is, uh, thank you, it's, it's, it's from Tadeli, which is an online ethical deli. We've been talking today about a lot about provenance and actually seasonality to a degree, things, foods that come from and grow in this country, and even bringing some of the recipes from other countries to the UK but using UK produce so this is one platform that you can go to if you're a chef if you're a home cook if you're a cook if you're somebody that's doing pop-up restaurants this is a great place for you to go and have a look and if you're a supplier and I know I've had many wonderful suppliers on this show in the past this would also be great for you to go and have a look because it could be a place where you could get your product out there to a wider audience of foodies people that love the story and have a passion for what you're producing um so i'll be sharing the details of this via social media and i'm sure um Hara expect mm-hmm, <laughs> some people to be in touch it should be wonderful um thank you for your time and thank you everyone for listening to today's show let's do lunch i'm jenny tishi if you have enjoyed the show then please do tell other people about it you can download this show after today um which you can do via google or apple podcasts or anywhere you normally get your podcasts and if you fancy leaving a review then a five-star review is always welcome um but a welcome uh, you're welcome to leave any kind of review it's just nice to hear from you so thank you everyone for listening have a great weekend ahead of you and um take care of all those lovely foodie people <laughs> bye bye across the thames valley one more time across now you're a wonderful girl you got a wonderful smell you got wonderful arms you got charm you got wonderful air we make a wonderful bear now I don't mind having a chat but you have to keep giving it Now you won't stop talking Why don't you give it a rest You've got more rabbit than science bris It's time you got it off your chest Now you were just the kind of girl to break my heart in two I knew right off when I first clapped my eyes on you But how was I to know you'd bend my ear arms too With your incessant talking You'll be coming a pest. Rabbit, 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 rabbit,
guess anybody will soon walk through that door At that sand grand slam Speak easy Always able to find you a table There's room for just one more At that sand grand slam Speak easy Once you get here feel the good cheer Rumors are a-buzzing, stories about the dozen Look around your cousin, let the news will make it down Anybody who hears, anybody will soon walk to that door Fat Sam's Grand Slam Speak easy On a buzzing, stories by the dozen. Look around your cousin, let the news we make it here. Anybody who is, anybody will soon walk through that door. Fat Sam's Grand Slam. Speed. This, this is 